Welcome to the Work Life Brilliance Podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hey, my friends, and welcome to the podcast. I'm more excited than usual, which is, I know, a lot, but I'm more excited than usual because I have a special guest here today. Um, We've known each other all of, you know, 10 minutes, and it feels like a lifetime already because we have so much in common. We have so much to talk about. So this is going to run somewhere between 25 minutes and three days. We're not sure. So grab a beverage, be ready to hit pause, but this is going to be a very special treat. And if you've been around for, well, let's just say, if you're not a millennial, then you know my speaker. (laughs) Because if you have heard of The Secret, then you know my guest, special guest is Bob Doyle. Welcome, Bob. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here, Denise. And thanks for making me feel old right off the bat. I know. Well, brutal. Hey, I see it's the the whole host guest positioning. You know what? I get it. I bet I don't even so so Bob, I've got a special zoom filter on that you can't tell but it takes 20 years off my age. Oh, so. I see. Mine <laughs> so. only takes two. It's a really ridiculous filter. I don't know why. I invested so that. yeah, you and I are probably actually twins separated at birth. Um, so I know I, I mentioned that uh, Bob was key in the secret, but he has done a lot of transformation since then and is going in a different direction. So we're going to ask the really boring question about why he did that very soon because he he, is boring to him because everybody asks him this, but I am so curious to know. But first, Bob, I just want to say welcome and thank you so much for being here with me and our listeners. Thanks. It's a, it's great. I love talking about this and that, and it's not boring at all. I I wouldn't be doing this if it was boring. (laughs) I'd move on to something else. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just going to ask you the obvious question. I would really love to ask really, you know, surprising questions. So in that sense, I meant so, but, um, but it's, it's important because I mean, we talk about the law of attraction all the time. It's still in the atmosphere. It's everywhere. And people are going to find out that you and I are probably going to agree on a ridiculous percentage of things that we talk about today. So I'm hoping we can have a fight about something and disagree about something. No, I can't. I just can't. It's not (laughs) in my nature. Um, but I have a feeling we're going to be very aligned and I, and you know, you and I are both in the business of helping people transform. And so we're going to be talking about identity today. We're going to be talking about beliefs. Um, and we're going to talk about how to get what you want, but a lot of people are confused about this term law of attraction and we're trying to figure it out. So I just want to know, like, tell us why you made the shift and, and kind of what the shift entails from going from law of attraction to what you do. Yeah. So you kind of said it in that people are trying to figure it out. And that's the problem. People have been ever since like the secret, but certainly before, but really after the secret came onto the scene. And then a lot of people are hearing about this law of attraction thing, or this very idea that we can create our lives by design for the first time, you know, and, and it's, it's an exciting thing. But then all of a sudden, everybody and their grandmother was telling you how to make it work, quote unquote, make it work, all these techniques, all these programs, and it just became all this confusion. Am I doing it the right way? 
to me, if, 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 you know, my position is the law of attraction is just, it just is, it's a principle of physics like gravity in that we don't have to understand how the glass falls to have it fall. It's going to fall. All we got to do is let go. And if we had that much detachment to our law of attraction journey, we'd have much better results, but we get so stuck on, well, wait a minute, how big should my vision board be? You know, that kind of thing for 20 years, I've been talking to people about the law of attraction and I came in with it in my conversation was, you know, was as much science as I could gather on it, because it is, we're talking quantum physics here. It's, it's a hard thing to like prove mathematically to, to a skeptical person who wants to see it a different way. And so I just decided early on, this is not something I debate. If you're on board, great. I'll, I'll tell you what I can to help you work with this thing, but you're not turning it on. You're not activating it. You're not mastering it. It just is. What you need to master is you. And that was my big aha moment a couple of years ago. And what, and, and well, to, I guess to just wrap that up. So 20 years I've been coaching this and I've been seeing people slow themselves down with this minutia about the law of attraction and how it works and why and this and what, what about that? And they get all up in their stories and they start beating themselves up because they don't make it work. And you and I both know that transformation is not, it's about, it's an inside job and it lands in your brain. That's where you interpret everything. That's where reality created is created. That's the question I'm, when I'm throwing out there, where do you think reality is really created? A lot of law of attraction people might say, well, when I conceive of the vision or when I put it on my vision, but whatever, something like something along those lines, but it's not created until the moment you give your moment a meaning. Like right now, you're creating your reality because you're taking all of this input and in your brain, because of its wiring, which is what we're talking about here today, makes gives meaning to the situation. And it's not the exact same meaning that your neighbor's going to give or your mom's going to give or anybody else is going to give. It's going through your unique filter. So basically, if you're going to change your outer results, you have to change the meaning you're making out of the out of your life so that you will take different action that will move you into alignment with those results. Now, the law of attraction will work automatically in the background, and that's how it should be dealt with. It should just be like you just know it's there like gravity, but you're not obsessing over it. If you it, all you need to know is that if I just be in alignment with the person that I wish to be think like them, make meaning like them, take action like them, then I will get the, the results like them. I will attract the results, if you will, but you're also an active participant and you must be. So my move to this came from, I want people to have freaking results that last and stop obsessing over the wrong things. And all they need to know is that your brain can change. We don't need to go much deeper into the science of all of it because then we're just doing what we did with the law of attraction conversation. We're throwing in a bunch of unnecessary details. What do you need to do to change? You change who you're being. And that's the work I do is help people define that and, and start to move into alignment with that, with all of the challenges that come with it. I have to take copious notes while you're talking because you're saying so many good things and I'm going to forget them because my brain can't remember them all. Um, so there's just so much that I love there. Okay. So you've said a lot of things that to me make a lot of sense, but are really revolutionary to some people because people don't realize that they are creating meaning out of things their boss looks at them and they or the boss says something to them and they think my boss is a jerk this means i didn't do well enough or they are creating their meaning and what you're talking about is intentionally creating your meaning instead of accidentally 
accidentally creating your meaning. Because when you live life accidentally on autopilot, like your brain will do if, and by the way, we, you and I both know our brains are wired for negativity, not positivity, because it's still trying to keep us alive. When you don't intervene and decide what you want the meaning of something to be, the law of attraction doesn't work out well for you, right? You start attracting bad stuff into your life. You start attracting, like now you, you've made that meaning out of what happened, what your boss just said, and now you act from that place. You act from that place. That's the key. Because I don't want people to think, and this is, the, this is prop, some of the problem, is people think, oh, I thought this or whatever, and so now magically all of this bad stuff is going to happen. No, it's going to be the result of action you took. Who did you show up to be? You didn't right. say something. You didn't do something. You know, whatever it is, or you made it mean something. It's not freaking woo-woo. And this is, and people get stuck on that and go, what did I do? Well, my vibration's all off. It's like, God, you know, and, and, and again, I don't, I really don't mean to be trashing the law of attraction of the people who are enthusiastic about it. I myself am enthusiastic about it. I have been very vocal about it for 20 years, but I'm also really clear that if I really want to help people, I need to get them to stop looking at all of the wrong stuff. They can be excited about it. They can post their memes and their quotes all day. But if they're not changing who they're being, they're not going to get different results and they're not going to attract anything differently. Right. So helping them see that and that it's not, it's really aiding the law of attraction. It's not negating it. And the only way you can, I mean, of course we have to, we want to vibrate at a high frequency because that feels freaking good, right? Mm -hmm. But you can't just like snap your fingers and vibrate at a high frequency. It's because of who you're being. Like I'm being a grateful person right now. I have a woman who was in such a deep level of anxiety and shame two weeks ago. And I, I just, she was trying to read everybody's face and mind. And she had a story, a worst case scenario story in her head all the time. So she was being a person on the lookout for bad things to happen. And I told her, just start asking people questions. And so this woman was just being really kind of short with her. And normally she would have thought, this woman's just being rude to me. She's, she hates me, whatever. And so she stopped and she said, are you okay? How are you? And the woman said, oh, and started crying and said, I just put my dog down. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she just had this revelation, like, <clears throat> I have been being a jerk for no reason. And now she just, with that proof, she, <clears throat> her state just lifted and she realized, I get to be a different person now. I get to intentionally be a curious person, a caring person. And then we're going to, you think her life isn't, you think she's not going to attract some better jobs or some better freak feedback or some better. Of course. Yeah. yeah it's, it really is about that catching yourself. I mean, that's the number one skill. When I'm working with people, the very first thing I'm teaching them is to get aware of their autopilot responses. Cause here's a deep philosophical thought about free will. We're robots. Unless we become conscious and override whatever autopilot programming is going on, then even though we think we are consciously making decisions, we have to look at what is driving that quote unquote conscious decision. And it's probably subconscious wiring that was put into place auto when you were not paying attention and you were just saying yes to everything, not evaluating, not assessing, not going, does this serve me? You know, when we were born, we just said yes to it all. And so that's why we have this wiring. So now 
and that's why everything just seems like the truth, not an opinion, but the truth. And so that's the lens through which we see the world is all based on our wiring. So we have to be able to catch when we get into that autopilot mode, if we're ever going to have true will, which comes from going, hey, nope, I'm not doing this. I see it for what it is. This is not the truth. This is just my wiring. It doesn't serve me. It never has. What would? So you take on that behavior. So again, part of what I've worked with people on is knowing what to do in those moments. So you don't just go, well, here it is, it's autopilot, but I don't know what else to do. It's about being prepared for those moments so that you don't get swept up because there's a lot that happens in those moments of upset. And that, that's really the key trigger. It's like when I tell people to, how do you start doing this? Notice when you feel un disempowered, bad, angry, worried, just catch that feeling. And I promise you it's because you're making meaning out of a situation and you have full choice to make different meaning out of it if you want to. But you're overrun with chemicals at that point, and it's not very easy. You get switched into autopilot, and remember, it's sometimes decades of wiring that you're trying to override in the moment. So it's not always going to be that easy. And so what I advise people is don't beat yourself up for that because you're up against a lifetime of wiring. Noticing it habitually is the very first step and will help, it, help, you make, uh, help make it easier to make other choices. Right. So notice, oh, first of all, I love the comment where we are robots. <laughs> I just love that. It's, it's really, if you think about it, it gets pretty deep because if you think about why, why do you do anything? What brought you here? What series of events brought you here and what led you to those? And what, you know, what were your choices and, and what made you make those choices? Because some, we make our choices based on our wiring, based on our values, based on our beliefs, which were instilled again on autopilot. So are we really making a true choice or are we on this programming of like, yeah, this is how I feel. This is what I believe. This, even if it doesn't serve you, even if it brings you uh, feelings of disempowerment or limited or you're not good enough or whatever. So it's just yep. noticing, realizing it's just a program. That's all it is. And beauty, we can change it. We can always change it. Our brain changes all, all throughout our life. We're always capable of learning new things. We can learn a new language. We can learn a new way to be. I, um, one of the questions I love asking people and myself is what am I making this mean mm -hmm. right now? because it, it just like interrupts everything. We're constantly making things mean things. So that, you know, that person uh, said no to working with me. What am I making that mean? Yes. Or my computer just crashed. What am I making that mean? Right. We turn things into horror, horror movies, right? I mean, we just make meaning that is so extravagantly bad. Um. Here's the one I want people to eliminate. Yes. The, the, I make it mean this. I, I did this. I did this. And I'm not getting the result. I guess the universe doesn't want it for me. Oh, that's a killer. That I'm is like, a killer. I just want to jump through the internet at those people. People actually say the universe doesn't want it for oh me. Oh my God. All the time. All the time. No. They, they put they put a lot of decision making into the universe's hands when they're they're forgetting that we are an extension of this universe. We are right. a part of it. We are the physical part. We allow the universe, this creative intelligence that created it all to experience itself in the physical with all the senses and the taste and the emotions up and down and the whole thing. So wouldn't you think 
that this creative intelligence from which you sprung forth and are a part would want you to have exactly what it is in terms of an experience that you want. That's why you're built with this brain that allows you to imagine, visualize, and program yourself to be this and do this and have this, whatever it is, whatever you can. And you have a passion, you have an interest. You think that's there just as a joke? It's there because you're there, you've got everything you need to live into that passion. And the universe, if it wants anything, wants that. That's why it's in there, that desire. So go experience it. You got everything you need. You got your imagination. You can take action. You can do things. You can interact with other people. It's there. You're a cre reality creation machine. Go. And then we get programmed with limiting beliefs. And so that's the reality we create without effort. And we could just as without effort create an amazing reality, but first we have to wire ourselves so that our behavior is as effortless as this behavior is now that's getting us this result. So it feels uncomfortable because all growth does. Whenever you learn something new, there's that discomfort of, I don't know this, this is uncomfortable. And you're stretching, you're literally biologically creating in those moments, there is discomfort there. But we walked, we learned to talk, we learned to cook, we learned to do all the essential stuff because why? Because it was non-negotiable. So when we make our vision non-negotiable, not, oh, it'd be so nice if I could, but non-negotiable, then you, you'll, then you can, you can go through anything because you know that all you got to do is keep taking the action, taking whatever feedback you get, not making it mean that you should stop, taking the value that is there to give and make the adjustment and get there. If it's that important to you, you can absolutely do it. You just have to not quit and you have to not keep going back to old stories that defined your limits. You, you have, that's, the, that's one of the biggest things that people have to do that's the hardest. And that's to give up a lifetime of stories about why they are where they are and why they can't do this or shouldn't or whatever. It's just a story. It's just, a, it's just wiring in your brain. You can completely eliminate it from your history if you want to and, and tell a different story and become somebody else. You don't owe your past anything. It's absolutely about the story. But you, I want to go back to something you said several times just now. Take action. Don't quit. I felt like this was one of the things that was missing from the secret. And maybe it was like in the background, but a lot of people took it as oh, just put up a vision board and visualize every day. And then people will be like, wait, why isn't it happening? Why isn't the universe giving it to me? And then maybe, maybe what, then what you said, they might go down the path of, oh, the universe doesn't want it for me. No, you didn't do anything. Like <laughs> Yes, yes. Or this law of attraction is nonsense. Like you don't need to be f focused on the freaking law of attraction anyway. What do you want? But, I, but I get it. It's just look, it's, it's, how, it's, how the it's how it was packaged up. There was a genie in the movie, so I get why people are thinking magically sometimes. But we do talk about action. We talk about health. We talk about peace. We talk about other things other than money, which is another thing. You know, it's all oh, it's all about getting money. It's like watch it again. You know. Yeah. But but it, it doesn't. It it really doesn't matter. It, it it woke people up to this conversation of there's more than we thought. We have a little bit more active control over our destiny than we thought. And so some people took it completely wrong way, aren't getting results, got angry, bitter, whatever they, they do. Some people just got it after a viewing. That's all they needed was a tweak, some assurance, some validation. But then other people, it became this journey, you know, and, but it shouldn't, it, honestly, I just don't think people should be following the law of attraction for 20 years. That's not <laughs> what we're here for. Live your freaking life and let the law of attraction do its thing, but go, yeah. come on now. 
it's like, I know I keep going back to gravity, but it's just like that. You're not studying gravity so that you make sure stuff falls properly. And gravity you know? doesn't care if we believe it's true or not. It so, doesn't. So you, we, you have to, but, but life does care. What you believe is true is what your life will be. So we, what you're talking about is noticing what your beliefs are and what your inherited beliefs are, what your embodied beliefs are. I mean, if I had gone from the belief I was given when I was five, that was, this is Denise, she's shy. Like, yeah. Like, you, and they were well meaning. They were trying to protect me because, you know, I, I'm a sensitive kid. I'm like very sensitive to energy and all this. And so I just kind of like was an observer. Does that mean I'm shy? I don't know. But so, but a lot of people had way worse than that handed down mm -hmm. to them that they embedded as beliefs. Like, I'm not good at, I'm not as smart as my brother. Um, yeah. I, I'm never going to amount to anything. Um, oh, I have all these women coming to me who grew up in families who either they were raised in Asia or their, the father was an engineer and it was like STEM, you know, to be successful, you have to go into STEM. And meanwhile, like her gift is like being creative. And so all these things our parents tried to instill mm -hmm. in us to help us. Mm -hmm. And then we have the natural, even if we had parents that let us, you know, be who we wanted to be, we have these brains that then say, I'm not good enough. And I want to go back to that. The universe doesn't want, want this for me mm -hmm. because everybody has some version of this. And my favorite thing to do when I first start working with somebody is to find the hairiest, ugliest, most painful limiting belief they have. Like what is the one you don't tell anybody, but it's in your head and it is sabotaging you. And it is making you feel full of shame, full of guilt. Because I remember what happened when I identified mine like, oh my God, this program is running me. I had no idea. And it was, I will never live up to my potential. So why do I even try? Okay. That was a nice one. I was like, yeah. hit the wall right there, right there. And I didn't know that was running my brain, but I couldn't appreciate anything. I couldn't read a book and appreciate it. I'd be like, why didn't I write that? What's wrong with me? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd see somebody on a stage speaking. I'm like, well, why aren't I speaking to 3,000 people right now? Like, what's wrong with me? I mean, it was such a showstopper. And everybody has one of these showstoppers. And I bet you do this in your work too. But I find out what that is. Because unless we like find that and pull it up by the roots and then plant something beautiful in its place that they actually do believe. So like, what's one of your antidotes that you like for those people who say, well, oh, the universe must not like me? Well, okay. First of all, you, you touched on a couple of other things. Well, actually, that's a totally different conversation. I would, I would okay. sort of really talk more about how, again, like, like I mentioned, we are a part of this universe and why wouldn't I it's just sort of a reframing of this is not about deserving. It's not being worthy. We, we exist. This is the gift. You know, we get to do this, but, but some of the stuff it's a beautiful segue into how I help people identify their stopping points before they start this transformation process. So what I, again, 20 years of doing this, I started noticing that there were certain types of people and we've kind of alluded to some of them during this conversation, but I just created this little, it's a quiz. It takes like 60 seconds and I, and I made it all up. So it's not disc or anything like that. It's a transformation personality type quiz. And I have people go through that so that they can see what their 
their type is when it comes to personal transformation. And what that means is, and, and, and there's nothing bad about any of these types. I mean, I'm, I have bits in, of probably all of them, and I'm sure you do too, but there are certain that are dominant. And while there's nothing wrong with them, there are certain traits of them that tend to be the things that make a person stop before they complete the rewiring process. And so I have people take this quiz so that they can understand uh, what their type is so that they can better identify the behavior out in the wild, right? Because now they're on the lookout for it. Like one of the type, well, one of the, the biggest type out there ever, by far, biggest percentage is the seeker. And the seeker is very excited about personal development. So excited, in fact, that they try every freaking thing that comes out on the market, even if they're not done with the thing they were just excited about the week before. <laughs> right? Yes. Sh- we know these people. Yes. They're filled with love and hope and inspiration, and they love it all, but they won't complete a thing and let their brain get rewired. Because again, this is what we have to keep reframing for people. Transformation is not going to last past the excitement phase if you don't grow new wiring. If your brain doesn't change, you're going to go back to the old way. This isn't the punishment from the universe, and there's nothing freaking woo-woo about it. It's biology. You don't feed new ideas long enough for new neural pathways to form, so therefore, the stronger ones are going to win out in the moment of truth. So you have to replace, 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 replace. Bob, that seems laborious. Okay, well, you can just go back to autopilot then and never change. This is the thing. Everybody wants it to be so freaking easy. Yeah, but this program I bought said three days and visualize and I got it. Okay, only if it brain if your brain changes permanently, is that going to be your result. So my work is about finding the quickest ways to get into the brain to change it while identifying, like you said, you got to know these, these, these areas that stop you, these limiting beliefs that stop you. And so you can shine a light on them. Because, you know, the other training you get with me, I mean, you're, you're going to know it's a lie. I mean, that's, that's the thing. You're going to know that this is just a program that was put into you and maybe you can trace it back and maybe you can, and it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is where do you want to go from here? So we can, and what does that feel like? What does that look like? What becomes possible for you as a result of that? Why is it non-negotiable? How will your value finally, finally get out in the world? When, what will it feel like to be surrounded by people who freaking get you? and support you in your new endeavors and your bigger visions instead of the people who are telling you why you can't do it. It's going to feel freaking great, but you've got to commit and you've got to get the support. And, you know, because you're asking to basically do intentionally in a shorter period of time, what you've spent your whole life unconsciously doing, it's a task. It takes commitment and it's going to take support from other people because you're only up against yourself and all the people you've attracted in your life up to this point. So that's your support system. So as soon as you start going big, and if they get threatened on any level, you're going to hear about it. And what happens with the people pleaser type, which is the other, which is another type of the four, is they stop. They cannot handle making mom uncomfortable, making the spouse uncomfortable, making whoever doubt them. They can't handle it. So they just go back to doing what they were doing. So now nobody wins. Nobody gets to be who they want to be. You don't. They're clearly not because they're trying to stop you from doing anything. So everybody just goes back to their uncomfortable comfort. And that's how a lot of people live out their lives. And I say no more. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to know which type I am. But I'm still loving the fact that you made a 60-second quiz. 
I thought I was good because I made a six minute life assessment, but you made a 60 second quiz. Yeah, and I <laughs> promise you, you're going to say it nails it. I, I've never had anybody say anything less than it was absolutely dead on. Okay, you're going to give me a link to I'll, this. Yes, it's, <laughs> I, can I tell you right now? Yeah. It's tptquiz.com oh, for transformation <laughs> personality type quiz.com. tptquiz.com. I invite everybody listening to take that. You know, you're going to get a video that says, here's what that means. And here's what you do about it. You know, out in the wild, I keep calling it that, but they're yeah. real life, you know, nice little PDF, you get all those shiny things, but, but they're there to, to keep you aware because awareness is key. I mean, it's the, it is the first step. You can't do anything with, with ongoing transformation. If you're not aware of how your current wiring is in control so that you can override it intentionally, consistently. Nice. Okay. Well, and I'm going to put all this in the show notes too. So we'll, we'll have that link in there. Um, I had a woman recently, she found her upgraded belief, her, her new North star that was going to help her act from a different place. And she said, I said, so when are you going to repeat it? And she said, and, and as you know, I just want to, I know you know this, but people, you can't, it's, you can't use platitudes and affirmations. Like those are stupid. They don't work. Um, you have to believe and embody this new truth, this new meaning about who you are. And so you can't lie to yourself. Like if your brain doesn't believe it, it's not going to work. So believing it, boom, then you get your first neural pathway, but it's still flimsy and wimpy. And like Bob said, it's not going to outweigh the bigger, the bigger one. So I had a woman, she found it. She found her belief. That was her antidote to not being enough and not being far enough in her career and having wasted time doing a PhD and all that other stuff she was making meaning out of. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, I'm going to, I'm going to repeat this every morning when I meditate. And I'm like, okay, so do you want this to take a hundred years? Yeah. Like, like, no, that's fine. But now, so now she's believing it and feeling it every time she takes a sip of, of, of drink or something. It's like, it has to be. So whether you're a seeker or people, it has to be constantly trying because the autopilot one, the robot one, we're running that one all the time. Right. Right. And we're and, feeling and, it all the time. We're feeling the shame, the guilt, the worry, the anxiety that comes with that story without even trying. Yeah. And believing it unless we become conscious, you know, yeah. unless, unless we become conscious, we just, we believe those old stories and they absolutely guide our actions. All right. So you have used a couple of terms and I just, I, I um, but I want to ask something first and that is, so this is not, you and I are not talking about rocket science here, right? It's like right. rewiring your brain. It sounds really complicated. It sounds like you need a neurosurgeon, but really, you know, you just need to believe different thoughts and repeat them and feel them. It's, it's like not complicated, but why don't people do it? Like they don't do it because they, like I said, that once they get to the, the limits of their wiring, then their entire brain, their entire history, everything is going to tell them why they can't or shouldn't go forward. This is the, the, the personal development industry has an abysmal success rate because of this. The programs could be great, but as soon as a person reaches the limit of their wiring, if they don't have the tools and support they need to move through it, to take that consistent action on an ongoing basis, then they cannot expect for things to change. Again, it's not rocket science. It's how we learn everything. So the, so the way that I do this is I have this balanced living challenge. It's basically sort of this ongoing online community where we meet and, and every day they have a set of tasks to do that will rewire them if they do it. They only take maybe 10 minutes, 
But it's obviously the rewiring process is a throughout your day. It's all about kept catching things. But the quote unquote work, we start our day and it's very much like what a little bit what we've talked about here, not just saying an affirmation. What we start our day with is we look ahead at the day and we go, okay, what's ahead? I've got this interview or I've got this situation or whatever. And we look at what is the behavior that I, what's my autopilot behavior in this situation? Where could this go wrong? You know, like ahead of time planning. And, and, and so you run, instead you run that situation in your mind over and over, you rehearse it at this, as the new you, the, the you that you need to be to attract the results you want. You're not there, you're just rehearsing it safely. You're feeling it, you're feeling it. You're imagining the looks on their face. You're imagining how you feel. You're imagining the outcome of it, doing it this way. And if you wanna do it multiple ways, do it, you can, it's free. That's the beauty, the brain's right there. You get to do this as much as you want. And you're doing it, by the way, if you're not doing it consciously, you're doing it consciously. So the more time you're consciously creating what your predominant thoughts are, the better. But the idea is you're rehearsing and literally you're changing your brain in the rehearsal. There are countless examples scientifically proven over and over again about like athletes, for example, who rehearse the jump. They rehearse the throw mentally, not even physically and improve their results just by doing that. That's how it works. So at the beginning of the day, we rehearse the day ahead. And at the end of the day, we look back and we go, where do we not do so good? And how would I have liked to have been instead? We rehearse, we rehearse, we rehearse because we can. Again, we've got this reality creation machine. We don't have to always be in the line of fire to, 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 to uh, create the next response. We can do it ahead of time. And even retroactively, we can go, okay, this is who this, is who this new person, who I, you know, this is how they would be in this situation. This is what they would say. This is the meaning they would make. This is how calmly they walk away. This is the quiet confidence with which they speak their position instead of going, no, no, you got to believe me, you know, or whatever it is. So that, that process of daily planning and then looking back at the end does some very powerful visualization work. We do not want to minimize the power of visualization. It guides so much, but, but, you know, in terms of just letting us use our imagination, but it also makes structural changes to our brain that will manifest in the real world in our actions. I think a lot of people think visualization is hard, but what they don't realize is that they're already visualizing all day long. They're just visualizing doom. It's That's true. And it's not just about creating images in their head. That's why I think they, they think, you know, well, I can't make pictures or whatever. It doesn't really yeah. matter. It's what matters is the emotional response you're getting to whatever the thoughts are you have that you have created. That's I've always defined visualization as getting and like using that. your imagination to evoke an emotional response. That's really helpful for those of us that don't see in pictures so much um, because worry, worry is negative visualization, right? It's yes. just time, time traveling to the future and imagining all hell breaking loose. Like, like we picture ourselves at that presentation, just like bombing and without intentionally doing it, we're on autopilot doing this. Um, and so what you're, what you're doing is saying, no, go into that situation and imagine best case, realistic best, best case scenario. You at your best, you believing these beliefs, what would that look like? And or, then, or respond or imagining, I mean, yes. And Imagine your best self in the worst case scenario. 
You know, it's not like you're trying to create the scenario who you're, what you're creating with this visualization is you in all forms. Like if this happens, I'm ready. I'm going to be this. If this happens, fantastic. I'm ready, you know, but, but visualizing the whole scope, it's not because if you just think I'm just going to visualize this positive thing. And then if it doesn't roll out, now you're trying to law of attraction, everything. Now you're trying to change the outside. I'm going to make this guy say this. (laughs) No, you can't do that. What you can do is control how you respond to whatever that guy says exactly um and 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 then one of my beliefs that would just really helps me a lot is life happens for me yes if you if everyone could if everyone could just wake up with that if that one belief could be instilled in everybody's head it would be a completely different world people would stop worrying it's total game changer it's a complete game because how many times and anybody listening who has this problem can look at any situation and see how useless so much of their worrying was. How much suffering is optional. I've heard you say it. Suffering is so optional. You know, it's, it's one thing to have, again, this whole law of attraction thing. Well, I don't want to think negative. We're meant to have all of our emotions, all of our responses. They're all divine. But we're not meant to wallow in the negative ones. They feel crappy. That's why we want to move away from them. So there's yeah. not this, this, I should be mad for this long at them. Or I should feel this jealous or this guilty or for this long. That's all nonsense. Those emotions, they're there so that you can adjust the course and go, oh, okay, my thinking has gone down this road. Is there something to learn from this thing, this event that has given me this, this response? Yes. Okay, I'm going to adjust this. Perfect. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything, because it's all guiding the decisions that got you where you are. You know, I look at my current relationship and I look back at my past relationships that when they got bad and go, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Well, I couldn't be here in this amazing relationship, if all of that crap hadn't happened, and there was a lot of needless suffering, what if I just trusted the process? Who knows? Ditto. I mean, who learns lessons the easy way? It's very few of us do, right? And so we we can all look back and say, oh, that thing that happened that I hated at the time that I, you know, uh, thank goodness that Mm -hmm. happened. And so if life is happening for you, then you're just receptive and any contraction you have is minuscule it just it happens and then you take a breath and you're there you're present so in that interview you know you don't know if the person you're in the meeting with just had a fight with their wife or you don't know if they have a stomach ache or a backache or a headache or migraine you don't know what they're going to come in there with but if you're present and you believe that everything works everything is working for you and if you're seriously actually concerned about them instead of you know uh, catastrophizing in your own head you will be such a gift to them you will be so different from every other person they encounter that day and you will have a moment of humanity with that person that you could have never predicted when you were doing your visualization in the morning but because you showed up just present and present and not catastrophizing, not worrying, not worrying that you weren't enough, not worrying about remembering your script. I mean, can you imagine how our, our, our conversation would be going right now if I, like, I was trying to follow a script and like, oh my God, I'm interviewing the secret dude. I have to, I have to know what I'm talking about. I should watch the That's right. I again. demand I that you know all of again. your lines. That's right. But There's people a quiz do that. at the end. Sorry, I'm tangled up with my cord. Um, <clears throat> all right. 
So I have heard you say manifesting on autopilot before. So would you mind just explaining that to me? Like you might have covered it already, but I just want to make sure I understand. We didn't say it explicitly, but, but basically we're manifesting on autopilot right now. Everything we're manifesting, we're doing it on autopilot, unless we're being trying to be intentional about things. But generally speaking, the population is manifesting on autopilot. So let's manifest on autopilot, except the stuff we want. That's all. So what makes it autopilot? Our wiring. So let's change our wiring so it's autopilot. That's all I'm saying there. Nice. Uh, yes, you can autopilot into a mountain and crash. <laughs> or you can autopilot to... Bali to the most beautiful resort in the world. Like, but, but just decide, decide who you want to be. Right. And just know that you can change. You can change. You can change. You can change. I mean, the reason that I talk so in detail about, and you know, I'm really just trying to get people, it's logical. This is what I love about this whole conversation is two, a couple of things. Unlike the law of attraction, there's, there's no real debate here about your brain changing. I mean, it's obvious that the brain changes and the things cause it. And it's, it's, it's very clear what needs to be done here. I don't have to spend a weekend seminar explaining the freaking law of attraction and the ins and outs of vibration, all that. It's just completely unnecessary. This is what I've learned. And I forgot what I was going to say after that. That is practical. <laughs> that just that it's, it's practical. Yes, yes, and that there's, yes, that it's all just practical and there's no woo-woo there. And, and it makes, and when you can get that, it just makes the process so much more fun. If I'm going to throw a word out there that I want people, if they can bring this word into their thought process, when, when things happen that they don't understand and they tend to go down the worry or fear, something like that. What about feeling curious? Hmm. I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder why this came back this way. I was hoping it'd come back this way, but it came back this way. I wonder what that's about rather than determining what it's about and saying, Oh, it means the universe doesn't want to and it's like, well, let's just see where this goes. What can I take from this? And just go curiously through this journey of life. You know, trusting that you're going to end up in the right place as long as you keep taking the actions. You're going to learn some lessons along the way. There might be some bumps, but you can be curious about them rather than fearful and worrisome. It's a totally different energy. And I know that I, I've suggested it to some people and it's been very, very helpful to just replace, to replace things like worry about with just curious. Oh, I'm going to double down on that. And I want to say, how can you be curious about how this is working for you? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm doubling I down. This is, I wonder how this is working for me. Right. I'm how just... is this? This is the big thing. And I'm sure you say it all the time. It's asking the right questions. Then yeah, that's the question. How is, you know, how is this working for me? Uh, instead of the questions, why is this always happening to me? Why didn't this work? Why didn't she do what I wanted to? You're going to get your answers. So ask the right questions. I was talking to a woman yesterday. So a lot of people come to me and they've come to me because it's gotten really bad. Um, so one woman got a diagnosis of, she was burned out and she got a diagnosis of precancer, precancer cells, another woman um, diagnosis of diabetes. Like, so I just asked her, I said, what could be the really great thing of being diagnosed with diabetes? She's like, well, I could have gone without being diagnosed and then just kept getting worse and worse and worse and not known it. And now I actually know it and I can do something about it. I'm like, mm, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, like, how are you one. feeling about that? And she was like, wow, this is awesome. I said, as long as you're not dead, this is a gift. You have time. You have time to work on this. And she got it immediately. Like, yeah, I, this is not an incurable thing. I, I have things I can do. I, I and, and that's just one of my beliefs. So I don't 
you probably don't, I, I mean, I've been through so many illnesses and um, I starting, you know, breaking my back with, in a car accident when I was 18. No, I was 21. Sorry. Um, and I believed what my doctor said that I was incurable oh. and that I would never have a, a normal job. I would just start collecting from the government. I believed it. You can see what my autopilot did. It was crashing me into a mountain and then some things happened and I the, started taking different actions and um, found different doctors who believed different things. Yeah. And I now, I developed a belief about seven years after that, I developed a belief that anything that happens to me, as long as I'm not dead, I will fix it. I will find a way to fix it. And I have cured rheumatoid arthritis. I have been hit by a car while I was walking across the street and thrown along with my dog. And I was working five days later. I have fixed things that you are not supposed to be able to fix because I have a belief. And if I didn't have this belief, I would not have taken the actions back to your, where our starting point because of my identity as a person who can go, can go through hard things and find a way. And so the first accident I had where I was in a car, I had a victim belief. Mm -hmm. I had a victim mentality. And I lost years uh, to victimhood. The second time I get hit by a car crossing the street, one of the first thoughts in my mind when I came to in the middle of the street was, I'm so glad I'm not her. The one who hit you? I'm so glad I'm not the one who hit me. That's some serious reframing in the moment. It was serious. I mean, and I, you know, I had some other thoughts too. Like, I sure. can't believe this is happening. Like, well, I mean, I was utterly, but once I came out of the, I'm in shock, I've never been in this much pain before. Um, I, I literally believed I am so grateful. I am not her. And because we, we can all put ourselves in that position. Right. But because I have a belief I'm alive so I can fix this. I mean, I'm on fire right now, but I have a belief that I can fix this. So that was going to take care of itself. I was going to figure it out. And, the, and I easily found the gift in it. One, I'm alive. Two, I get to recommit. Like, I get to double down on my future. Any hesitation I was taking, because I was dragging my feet on some things, yeah. business-wise and reinventing myself and all that. And it just all accelerated. It all accelerated. There was not one second in victimhood. There was pain, well, but there was not one second in victimhood. Yeah. And and it's and those are just a series of thoughts and wiring. I mean, it's like it could have gone either way. Another person, same situation, you know, could have just decided to go dark. Why is this happening to me? I can't believe I've been hit twice. I guess I, I'm just done, right? But that that one thought drove a ton of different actions and also chemistry in your body that is way more conducive to healing than giving up. Absolutely. Right. So it's just the power of those thoughts. And then the commitment like this, I'm going, this is for me, you know, I'm going to kick this as ass. <laughs> but back to your point of it didn't happen overnight. I had been believing that thought and looking for it curiously back to your word. That's so powerful. Curiously about, you know, you know, how, how can I, how can I be my best self no matter what's going on? And of course, I don't, you know, I have days where it's hard. It's hard to find the meaning in it. And that's where you 
get a friend you know, who, who understands this, like, okay, help me find this, help me find this, help me find this, um, the meaning I need to make of this. Um, so, uh, so I, I think, have we, have we explained this well enough for people to actually get it that this is, oh, you know what I want, I just want to help people. So rewiring your story, like I just said, it can take having a person like you or me or a neutral party. Um, your loved ones probably can't do it with you. They're too tied to their identities and your identities. So having a neutral person who can have this conversation with you, like brainstorm new beliefs. But I want to go back to something we started with that you said. The first thing you have to do is notice the feeling. That's going to be more easy for you to notice than this lie you're telling yourself that you think is the truth. Like, yeah, so, oh yeah, right. Or or a situation or anything like that. It's just like you can trigger all, all your emotional response. Because look, the, the thing is, there's nothing magical about that. It's like like, but I would imagine that it's the negative, disempowering feelings that you want to change, right? So you get yeah. other results and enjoy life more. So I'm just saying, and notice those. Notice those when they come up. And it should be fairly easy because they don't feel good and it's just a trigger. So again, we're helping people get into the habit of doing that. And if even for a moment realizing that they feel this way because a, a bunch of unconscious chain reactions has taken place because of meaning they're giving that moment. That's, that's all that's happening here. You're creating a slice of time and reality, a truth, if you will, based on how this information is being processed and you're getting an emotional response right now. But if your brain was wired differently, you might get a different emotional response, different meaning, take different action, get a different result. So before you have access to your brain before you can be like your brain can like allow this to happen. You need to be breathing. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I spent like my whole up until my mid twenties, maybe 30 holding my breath, like mm -hmm. just contracted and stressed and worried and anxious. And now I catch it so quickly. And so that's the first thing I help people do is just like notice when they contract because that's when that story is popping up and you're not even hearing the story. You're just like visualizing that catastrophizing thing. And one of the things I like to ask myself is what's the best that could happen? Cause we always say, what's the worst that could happen. Right. Like, Prepare for the best too. That's what I keep telling people. If you're going to, you're going to create a stinking doomsday scenario, why not take a little slice of time to create the great one? Why in the world would you just create the bad one? <laughs> I mean, because that's now you're giving yourself all the information about how you're going to be ready for that one. How about getting ready for the good one? How are you going to act when it happens? Uh, have you thought about that? Or are you going to be just, no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm only prepared for crap. So if good stuff shows up, I will find the crap in it. And people <laughs> yes. do. People do. They're grateful yes. for a split second and they go, yeah, but it's not the right color, you know, or whatever. Right, right. So do you have any favorite, like, transformation map or story or somebody who I, I I don't mean to put you on the spot but just to like illustrate what this would look like if you went from you know running on autopilot focused on you know where the plane's going seem, into the hill so I seem to uh, attract amongst my clients slash students or whatever uh, a lot of people in business right? They're, they're people who are basically entrepreneurs, solo, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. They want to build something, right? They want to build a business of their own. 
So, you know, you and I both know entrepreneur, that's a very personal thing. And so you're going to come up against your limiting stuff constantly, more so than when you're in a job and you're just directed to do a thing, right? But when you're on your own and you're holding yourself accountable, those limiting beliefs show up big time, right? And they make you play small and they have you occur on stage with saying the right words, but having all the wrong energy, right? So a lot of the people who I've worked with are in those types of situations where it's a job related or a career related thing. And they needed to be able to up their level of confidence. They needed to be able to see themselves as that badass on the stage who gets the results, not someone who wants to be or is starting off being, but like whoever they are right now, they get up there and they own that. And so that those are some of the, if you like read testimonials or whatever from the work with, with us, it's, it's that, you know, I went into this meeting and I talked to my manager in this way or whatever, or I moved in the case of the one employee that I was talking about, but, but the business people, it's like getting up in front of presentations or creating a course, you know, that they've been putting off and putting off and putting off because now they can see what their future them looks like. Well, that person freaking creates the course. They don't talk about creating the course. <laughs> They've done it, right? That person gets up and does the presentation. That person owns the room. You know, it's, it isn't, again, just like you said, it isn't rocket science, but it's not super easy because of, of what we're asking our body and our brain and our belief system to, to do and stretch. But that's why with, with the right supportive environment and the tools that help you get through some of the emotional stuff that is, you know, a lot faster than just trying to forge through it, you know, we feel like we've got a great, all the right stuff to facilitate this in the most efficient way possible. Is it overnight? Hell no, it's not overnight. You know, we start with 45 days because in 45 days, that's, you know, depending on what science you read, that's a good amount of time. If you send the consistent signal that some growth is going to start happening, you're going to have acquired and, and utilized the skill of rewiring. And then it's a matter of keep doing that in all the areas and keep growing that vision and don't, you know, stop thinking small, like really dream big, expand, 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 let that neuropathway forest grow thick with all the new exciting stuff. So the other stuff can just kind of die off. I love it. And I'm very validated with the 45 days. So, so my program is nine weeks, but I tell them you're going to get the change in you that you need the, the different identity and all that way sooner than nine weeks. It'll be, but, but now I need, now I can give you the strategies. Now I can teach you the tools, but if you have that identity as that small person, you know, yeah. that person who doesn't do the thing, the, the, who doesn't show up, who's afraid to make a mistake, da, 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 it doesn't matter what I teach you. It won't have a place to land. You don't have the right. brain to accept it, to absorb it. And that's why people go and they read books, they listen to podcasts, those seekers, as you said, and they, they, and they consume all this stuff, but it's not landing. Right. It doesn't have a place. They can discuss it at a book club with passion. <laughs> but it's like, will they live it in the, when the moment comes, when they are faced with their autopilot wiring, have they rehearsed a new thing? And will they take that action? You know, and if they're on their own, the chances are not good. I mean, it's just, and it's nothing that's wrong with them. It's just how it is. It's the biology. It's normal. It's understandable. That's why it takes a different level of commitment and support to, to do this successfully. But, but having said that, once we trigger people to notice their autopilot reactions, well, they can choose different emotional responses pretty quickly. Like I'm talking about like within a day or two of getting into the challenge, for example, they're having profound changes because they can see that, oh my God, this, this behavior that was on autopilot that I thought was my only choice, I actually was able to stop. 
I didn't have to respond that way. And I got to feel good for the next yeah. two hours rather than three. That's life-changing yeah. because you realize, wow, I've got a lot of control over this chemistry set that is my brain and how I feel and the action I'll take. It doesn't take long to, to realize the power, but to get it to be permanent, that's where it takes the consistency and the support and stuff. And you and I agree 100% on that. While you were talking, I just got this visualization of, you know, the old time radio station and you get in your car and it's set to heavy metal, which unless you're the rare person that thinks heavy metal is a wonderful feeling, right? Most of us, it's grating, it's irritating, it's, it's contracting, but you can change the station to Bob Marley. And now you're jamming, you're on the beach, you're with a margarita. You have to constantly tune into that station or, you know, get rid of all the other noise and then, and then program that station in. So then your car just automatically knows when you get in, you, you go to Bob Marley and you don't, you don't go to the, so it, it can happen. This, this is why, like you just said, profound change can happen quickly and you can catch it by knowing that, noticing that it feels good. So I don't know. I, I hope people can feel the vibes that we're giving off right here because we, you and I are working in air quotes, working right now, and we are having a ton of fun. And I believe that that is one of the ways you can tell. If you are feeling like you're having fun, and if you are feeling in love with life, if you are feeling those emotions, then something is going right. Isn't that pretty much what, why we do anything? I mean, what are we doing anything for if it's not to get the feeling of the thing? Happiness, peace, fulfillment, love, security. It's all about the feeling. It's the only thing that drives us. If we didn't have emotions, if we didn't have feelings, we would have no passion, we would have no drive, we wouldn't care about anything. So it's all about the feeling. And we all just take different ways to get to these basic core feelings of security and love and happiness and joy and those types of things. It's why we are here. Yes. And I believe that life is meant to be lived that way. We just happen to have these brains that are trying to keep us alive, that are giving us the gift of anxiety and worry so we don't accidentally walk off a cliff, you know, like we have to deal with that. But like you said, get off autopilot and make, you know, smart choices about risk taking and things like that, but really dial the station to fun and love. And the more you can experience that that feeling, the more you'll get familiar with it, the more you'll crave it and realize that it, it's, it's a more fun place to hang out. It's a better and just place remember, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. It might feel goofy to suddenly try to feel joy in a situation. If you've kind of become a person who's just sort of moody and depressive and sort of like that, but you'd really like to be able to be happier and lighter, well, being that, taking that on is going to feel completely weird and unnatural and gross. <laughs> until you just keep doing it and then the world responds differently and you get to feel the joy in it and then you'll wonder how the hell you ever went your whole life so freaking miserable I used to never smile like smiling was just it was just like I never thought that like I was just it didn't mean I wasn't you know okay it was just like I had the stoic look on my face for the longest time until maybe four or five years ago and someone started doing this to me which I freaking hated you know <sighs> trying to get me into the smile mode but but it, I just started trying it on a little bit more. And now smiling is really, you know, normally my my natural state. There's always like this slight little, slight little smile. And I thought that was impossible. I just thought that was just never going to be me. I really I've been my most profound rewiring experiment 
you know, the things that have happened for me and the way that I look at life and my, you know, I used to have a big commitment to worry, you know, and, and to carry things around for days and thinking that this is just how, even after years of law of attraction teaching, but it wasn't until really the distinction of the wiring and how that was driving it and that I could change it. And that, 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 that there's a reason it will change. It's not like wishful thinking or, you know, the universe will do something, you know, it's just like, no, if I just keep cutting this off and replacing it with this, then eventually this is how the brain just works and it will change. And it has. So it's, it's pretty miraculous what goes on up here, but it's not magic. It's, we all have access to it. So I just want to, you know, demystify it so people can get into it and not overcomplicate it. We don't have to get into all the different parts of the brain and all that. There's plenty of people who will teach you that if you want, but all you need to know is that it can change and what changes it. Let's do that. I was going to ask you who you were before. Like, were you a different person before? I was totally going to ask you. And I just, this, I swear you and I separated birth. So I just told my clients last, last Friday that I used to have resting bitch face <laughs> and yes. I can remember nobody actually did like touch my face. Like they did you, but people would say to me constantly, smile, smile. Irritating, smile. right? Yeah. It was really irritating. And then <laughs> one day I'm in the elevator view vestibule and I've just come out of some meeting with some executive and I was just feeling like I gave that person love and we had a wonderful human connection. I'm standing in the elevator vestibule just waiting and somebody says, I want to have what you're having. Like you just look so happy right now. And I just started laughing. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm different than I was 10 years ago or whatever it was. But it's like you said, I was uncomfortable with the idea of giving up my anxiety because somehow if I wasn't constantly striving and if I didn't feel like I was, if I, if I suddenly felt like I was good enough, then I would get lazy. Yes, that's a good one. I think, <laughs> I think somewhere, I think my wiring was around it being like, that's the responsible thing to do is to fret over something like to constantly come up with, because if I'm not thinking about it, then I'm just blowing it off and it's irresponsible. I think that's somehow how I got wired early on. My mom was a real, she, she stressed a lot. She worried a lot. I mean, now she's retired. It's all gone. But, <laughs> you know, she just didn't like her job. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, if you, your, your job is important. This thing you're spending eight hours a day with you better freaking love that stuff because if you don't, it's going to impact your life in a major way. Yes. And what you just said is going to freak some people out. I know. And that's okay. So just notice if you just got uncomfortable, if you just contracted and held your breath when Bob said you need to love what you do, it's okay. You just got a piece of information and now you can start to decide what it would look like and feel like if you had what you wanted. And yeah. get to play with that. What would it be? There's some clues in the job you have right now. Like maybe you like the parking. I don't know. You like something about it, but what would it look like if you loved going to work every day? Yeah. I definitely make no apologies for challenging people to think bigger for themselves. That's my conversation. I'm about extraordinary transformation because I know it's possible. Extraordinary transformation is possible. Inexplicable by the, from the outside. How did you do that? I mean, and there's stories all over the place and you see them on the internet and you, and you see these people who are in situations far worse off than you who have excelled in great ways. And you go, wow, that's so inspirational. Did you ever think that maybe you could do it too? If they can, it's not nearly as bad as your situation isn't nearly as bad as that. What happened? What's different? Well, they took a lot different action with the resources they have than you are. Why? Because their wiring told them they could, insisted that they did, made their future non-negotiable. That's the only difference. Yes. 
and they chose one day they chose to be done suffering because we're all we all experience suffering but they decided enough and when you get to that point where you're just done suffering you will go and look for answers and you will know that just listening to that podcast or reading the book i've tried that that didn't work so and i know you've heard Tony Robbins and other people say this, but success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. So they go and they find, well, who did that? Like who did something extraordinary and who was that person living in the car? And then, you know, what did they do? What did they do? And so we're, we're laying out a map here for people. Here's what you need to do. But I just want to put a caution out to everybody. Don't go and think that now you're just going to go rewire your brain and do some things differently. Whether it's Bob, whether it's me or whether it's your guru next door, I, you, you need some support because this is hard. It is doable. It can happen fast, but you need support to do this. And Bob, correct me if you think I'm wrong. I mean, maybe there are some people who have figured this out on their own and not needed any, any person. To I'm hold. sure there are people who have done it on their own, but the mass majority of people have lifetimes of wiring. They're going to make it not impossible, but certainly challenging and a lot longer than it needs to. I mean, we're, there's 8 billion of us for a reason. We're here to help each other. Oh my gosh, that is the other. We're here to have fun. We're here to love and we are here to help each other. And I think of helping, it's almost a selfish act because I feel so good when I help somebody else. It's like, oh, are you feeling as good as I'm feeling right now? Because that was delicious. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think people who like, have near-death experiences and things like that, sometimes they change their wiring uh, yes, yes. faster than yes. other people trauma, do. Tra there are things that do that, trauma. And, and you know, you mentioned breathing. I mean, I'm a breathwork practitioner and instructor, and there's we didn't even talk about that, but that is a process. And it's incorporated into our challenge too, the breathing piece, because with the right breathing techniques, you can get right in there bypass all that noise and just go, I mean, that's where affirmations and suggestions with feelings and all the good, all the right stuff. I mean, that's where, because you, you're not going through any filters. So, I mean, yes, there are definitely ways to accelerate the process, but in your everyday living, you're, you're still going to want to implement this, this level of consistency as well. Okay. So we're going to put something in the notes, a link about how people can find out more about your program. Um, we, we have the tptquiz.com. Um, anything else you want to say about how people can learn more about oh i'm so easy to find it's ridiculous it's <laughs> sure i mean it's i've been on the internet since day one it feels like so but i have a i have a a main website which is meetbobdoyle.com and that just basically gives you the whole menu of all things bob probably, <laughs> or a lot of them anyway not all but the relevant you, you look like you have like a hundred books on there i mean i was just it was like this wall and I was so proud of myself. I did not go into imposter syndrome at all because I only have one book. I have one. If you look book. closely, that is many different <laughs> translations of one particular book. There's, I have two books out there and then The Secret, and I've contributed to a handful of others. And some of those are up there, but a lot of them you'll see it's the Follow Your Passion, Find Your Power book in Turkish and Chinese and whatever. But it looks impressive, right? It really does. <laughs> it looks like the wall of this is the Bob Doyle Library. That's right. <laughs> I like writing, but not that much. Mm, no, I'm I'm good for now. I um I prefer, as I'm sure you do. Writing is very nice, and I feel like it's it's great. But I don't. Nobody's ever called me and said I changed my life because I read your book. I I've gotten some nice things from the book, but I mean I I love live streaming. I mean that's what really changed my whole world when after the secret 
you know, I went through some something of a professional personal identity crisis, but live streaming allowed me to tap back into like I was broadcasting was my career of choice. I was going to be on the radio. I was going to be a goofball and do all that stuff. And I got kind of, I sidestepped into this personal development, but that broadcaster in me was dying to get out and and it was causing some issues. And then finally, when live streaming came around, I was able to create shows and do all my creative stuff that I wanted to do on the radio. So, and, and then find my way of, of bringing that part of my personality to this, you know, transformation work, because I did struggle with that for a while because I felt like everybody expects me to be like Jack Canfield or Bob Proctor. I've been in this industry for three years before that. I was just a goofball, you mm-hmm. know, having a good time. So it's been it's been an interesting journey. I wanted to be um, a stand-up comedian or an improv artist. Oh, <laughs> you're brave. That's the scariest, like, person. Public speaking doesn't bother me on any level. But if it was stand-up, forget about so, it. So I thought I originally thought stand-up, but um, only because I loved Steve Martin so much. Yeah, me too. That was what did it for me too. But um, but actually improv. And and what I try and teach, I, I think what I try and teach my my clients is the ease and curiosity and connection that improv brings, because you never know what to expect and you're okay with all of it. You'll notice I yes and you earlier. A big yes and. Um, I'm also an improv fan, although I, I uh, am too frightened to do it. But I listen to a lot of improv podcasts and things like that. I mean, it's it's and and when I do my broadcast, when I say I'm too scared to do it, I mean like on a stage. But everything I do in the entertainment thing is almost always improv or ad lib characters, things like that. Has been since I was, you know, a teenager. So I, I love the the improv world too, although I don't go out and participate in it. I just am a, a distance appreciator and my own little island. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I don't either, I don't either, but I just think of if, if people would adopt that mentality of when I go into a room, I don't, I can't script it. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know who's going to show up. Like I might know the people, the names of the people, but what, who are they going to be that day? And if I can just be present and, and have this idea that it's going to be fun and it's going to change my state in such a way. And I think that is part of what made me so successful in work. Plus I, I knew nothing about my job, so I couldn't even pretend to be an expert. I had a French degree. I, I like French and humanities, religious studies. Like, like I'm already like, worthless so i might (laughs) i just have to bring my natural strengths of whatever they were um but just having that mentality instead of thinking that you are a a, you know a performer in when you're giving presentations or performer in a meeting nobody wants performers we all just want somebody present that we can relate to and who can dance with us that was the other thing so right before covid i my bucket list when i finally healed enough from my accident that I could raise my arm and put it in a position to dance. (laughs) Um, I took salsa lessons and I had never, I'd done a lot of dancing, but I'd never partner danced before. And that was another physiological uh, representation for me of what it meant to be in relationship with somebody and partnership with somebody. Mm. So in, so in conversation, it's kind of like a dance, like, I don't know which direction you're going to step. I kind of know the rhythm. I know the rules 
of the count and, and that sort of thing. I know the different variations and where we might go. So that might be a meeting agenda, but I need to be in tune with you. I need to be in sync with you or we're going to step all over each other mm-hmm. and not going to have fun. And also, I need to also just come at it with an idea of fun and be okay if I miss, misstep, you know, it's yes. just not the end of the world. Yes. Being okay with just being human and making those missteps, because if you're present, that's what people feel. That's what people respect. They, they feel you when you're there. And if you're not there, you could be saying all the right things, but if they're, if they're not, if you're not there, they can't feel you. So it's better to be there and make your mistakes or whatever, but be there because they will feel you there. But, but perfection, if you're off just doing your script or you're doing your thing and you're not really there, they won't land. And you'll be the person that stands out in their day because Absolutely. most people are not, are not present with right. them. And that's those, those, those are those extraordinary people who you meet and they look you in the eye the entire time they're talking to you. And you don't forget them. You're absolutely right. They leave an impression because they were actually with you. They weren't shaking your hand, looking over your shoulder for the next thing or any of that. They were right there with you. And those are the people you remember. And those are people who get stuff done. Yes, because people want to do stuff with them. That's right. (laughs) Yes, it's amazing. All right, very important final possible question. Have you read Steve Martin's um, uh, comedy? Born Standing Up? Yes, that. Genius, right? But have you read his quantum physics stuff? Oh, no, I haven't. Okay. You got to read the Schrodinger's cat. uh, uh, It's um, in his book, Pure Drivel. Oh, yeah. Well, Prayer Drivel, I guess I read that a long time ago, but I guess... He's got some quantum physics stuff, and there's a Schrodinger's Cat one, and then there's also he um, Picasso at the Le Pan Agile. It's yeah. all about quantum physics. If, if Einstein and Picasso met in a bar. I remember the scenario. I have not ever explored <laughs> that one. So I guess I've got some Steve Martin catch-up yes. to do. And I bet you've never been asked that question before. I haven't. <laughs> that is correct. This is the first. I want to jot it down. All right. So um, it is a good autobiography, people, to read about if you wanted, like, just we we see this this person, Steve Martin, we don't know, like, what his beliefs were. And I remember I was listening to an interview with him and somebody said, how were you so brave to do what you did? And because and, it was ridiculous what he did. It was so risky. Nobody had ever done it. It was during just after the Vietnam era when everybody was really serious and he said, because I was terrified to have a real job. I was, ter- it was, uh, he was terrified to not follow this big dream he had, this vision that he had. So, you know, it's not that he was just like this carefree. Um, or fearless. He, or fearless. He had, a, he had a belief about who he wanted to be. And he had a vision of who he wanted to be. And he wanted to be somebody who filled stadiums and made people laugh. And it was so rock solid in his head. And the, the fear of not doing it was so huge that it drove him. And, you know, the rest is history. Yep. It's a great story. People should definitely read that. <laughs> All right. Well, Bob, um, this has been really fun. Thank you so much for coming and for sharing your experiences and your wisdom and for doing what you're doing in the world. My pleasure. Always nice and fun to talk about this stuff. All right. Go and have a great rest of your day and um, hope to talk again soon. Thanks. You too. Thanks. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Work Life Brilliance. 
If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work-Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.